Jody Vance with you. And uh, right now we are going to take you straight to Israel. Yes, live to Israel as we connect with the senior rabbi from Vancouver's Temple Shalom, Rabbi Dan Moskovitz. You've heard him here on the radio station in the past. Today, uh, a very important conversation to be had as Rabbi Dan is on a 72-hour solidarity trip with six other Vancouver rabbis to really spread the Hanukkah love, uh, a solidarity trip, as I said, but also spending some time visiting one of the kibbutz, uh, that was attacked on October the 7th, spending some time with hostage families, uh, visiting Vancouver's Ben Mizrahi's grave, meeting with other key groups. I want to bring in uh, Rabbi Dan. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Jody. Thanks for having me. And it's seven other rabbis, so a total of eight. I, I won't uh, say oh. who we might have left out. I don't want to leave anybody out. There so you go. Okay, thank you. My, <laughs> my mistake, my mistake. Um, now, earlier today, you did have the opportunity to meet with one of the kibbutz uh, bari, and I want uh, to play a short clip, clip from that meeting. Have a listen here. Please tell everyone that I love them, that we love them. And you could hear the screaming and the, sh and the shooting on the phone. So we, that were 300 meters from here at our house, knew from 10 until midnight that they rescue us, that there is no more father and mother, grandpa and grandma. And we need now to fight for our lives. At something like 6 p.m., they throw grenades on our house and shoot our house. And they will keep going and coming from under the stairs from our storage because they were hiding there and also put weapons there. I'm living in the second floor. 16 years, my friends laugh at me that I don't even have one small yard and I'm, and I'm living in the kibbutz, but that was my fortress. That's what saves us. And when they threw grenades on the safe room, my son just told me that, Dad, I don't want to die here. Oh. Rabbi Dan. Yeah. I mean, just yeah. one one recounting of what happened on that horrifying day. And there are thousands of stories like that. And you're right, Jody. It was just one, uh, a man, a father, of two small children. Um, his name is Lotan. And uh, his parents, uh, he'd been on the kibbutz, as he said, for 16 plus years. His parents, or his in-laws actually, uh, lived just 300 meters away. They were both killed in the attack. For people who don't understand what a kibbutz is, what, what the community is like, when, and when we're talking about in the days following uh, the horrors of the terrorist attacks of October the 7th, and people would say, that, you know, a third of this kibbutz was wiped out or taken mm -hmm. hostage and or killed when we talk about those numbers like everybody in a kibbutz knows one another like family it's not like living yeah, I think in a the town. best example no it's the best example is like if you've ever been to summer camp um mm -hmm. i mean a kibbutz is it's, it's a shared community it's, it's its roots are socialistic um nobody owns their place i mean they own the stuff in their place but the the, the house that they're living in the cottage or whatever it is is owned by the by the kibbutz itself by the collective and as he was explaining it, you know, children will run from house to house. Everybody's sort of everybody's parent. It's, 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 in my view, it's an idyllic upbringing. 
they grow up together, they they play together, they often marry each other, they they go off to the army together, to uh, their experiences together, and it's a generational thing. And so you live there, and your grand your parents live on the kibbutz also, and maybe your children, God willing, will come back, and you all just grow up together. And there were a thousand people on this kibbutz. Um, over a hundred, about ninety eight of them were murdered. Another 27, I think I'm doing these numbers off the top of my head, might have been 92 mm -hmm. were murdered and 28 were taken hostage. Um, and there are still eight um, being held in Gaza. We don't know if there's to be, as of last week, some of them we knew were alive because the, the hostages that were released had been sitting with those, uh, those that were still held hostage. We don't know their condition today. We are with uh, Rabbi Dan Moskowitz, who is uh, one of eight Vancouver rabbis uh, visiting in Israel right now. And when we're talking about hostages, the pit of our stomachs, like the, the, I cannot even begin to imagine what the hostage families are feeling like when you say, you know, a hostage that thankfully was returned to their family, then looks to the others and says, I know, I know your loved one is alive because I was with them and they're still there. What, have mm -hmm. you spoken to hostage families since your arrival there? Well, you know, we, we want to be very sensitive. So this evening, in fact, I went to, there's a, it's called Hostage Square um, here in Tel Aviv, where I'm at right now. And we went for a Hanukkah menorah lighting. And there the, the menorah was lit by one of the families of the hostages. Last night, another family um, from Canada who we thought for a while their daughter was being held hostage, uh, Adi uh, Kaplun, her, I met up with her parents who were here, that was in Jerusalem. And they told me of their story. Uh, but I haven't, and, and the father of Adi was was hiding in another room. He had been visiting his daughter and his grandchildren and was staying in a guest house that was that the terrorists didn't know about. And so he was hiding there. Um, but I haven't actually had a chance yet to speak with the, the family of, of, of somebody who's currently held hostage or has been released. And uh, it's not for me to, to, to impose upon them, but I, I have no. heard some of them speak. And um, mm. it is, it's heart-wrenching. It's just, it's it's the most unimaginable thing i have a parent to, i'm a parent to three children and to not know who's tucking them in at night to not know yeah. the condition that they're in um you know even for those that have been released they're still being held hostage by their fears by their experience and that will that will traumatize them um for their lifetime it's it is i i the only words that I can come with are, are gut wrenching. It makes it makes our stomachs collectively turn to think and and to feel incredibly helpless, right? And and you are doing the great work of of being present and being a part of it and sharing from here to there uh, the love of all people. Um, and 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 the the family. Let's talk about Ben. Let's talk about Ben Mizrahi mm -hmm. and and yeah. and the Vancouver yeah. man who who died that day. Um, mm -hmm. He is buried there. Yes. Yeah, we went to his grave. So he 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 died, but he was murdered, and and, and there is yes, a difference, sorry, yes. right? Yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm not trying to correct you. I just want us to to okay. understand the context. So we went to his grave on the way home from way home, on the way back from the kibbutz. Um, it's at another kibbutz. It's um, it's a grave amongst many. He was buried um, nearby the friend um, Itai, who he was trying to help. If you remember mm -hmm. the story, as it's been going around in Vancouver, Ben was a medic in the army and he was with his friend itai at the music festival at the nova music festival and uh, they were running itai got hit ben could have gotten away maybe we don't know but he turned around and went back to care for his friend itai he had been caring for others before they started to, to run 
and he was shot and killed alongside his friend, and they're buried within meters of each other. And we placed, as is Jewish custom, you place a pebble, a stone on the grave to show the person's been buried. All eight of us were there. We said a, a psalm. We said, God, I lift my eyes up to the mountains, and what is the source of my help? My help comes from God, the maker of heaven and earth, Psalm 121. And uh, and we heard a story from um, members of his family who were there who talked about Ben being one of those people that's a connector, who would connect his group of friends from high school, from Vancouver, from his groups here in Israel, from his time in the army, and he would make friendships amongst his friendships. And those are special people in your life, those people that bring people together, and we lost that. I'm Jody Vanson for Jill Bennett, and I'm uh, speaking with senior rabbi from Vancouver's Temple Shalom, Rabbi Dan Moskowitz, who joins us live via Zoom from Israel. Rabbi Dan, along with seven other Vancouver rabbis, are on a solidarity trip to Israel for 72 hours. Um, and we've been sort of discussing, uh, Rabbi Dan, what you've what you've seen, what you've been doing. Um, I do want to address a couple of things uh, that I think it's important for our listeners because there is so much noise around um, what is happening in in uh, Israel's war on Hamas or Hamas's attack on Israelis on October seventh, and and the marches and the chants and the, the the disinformation highway is very very busy here. What could you say to our listeners who might feel um, that they're they're overwhelmed by the death toll of Palestinians here? Yeah, I'm overwhelmed by it too. I, I it is horrible the the the, the death and, and the suffering that's going on in Gaza. Um, but we have to look at the at the root cause of that, the root source of that, um, and that is that I believe that that Hamas is holding Gaza hostage as much as it's holding the South or all of Israel hostage with its proliferation of violence, with its extremist views, with its desire to um, to to. To, to end the Jewish state and the Jewish people uh, to the extent that it can, if it said that it would do that. And it is putting its own people in harm's way to fulfill that, that, that barbaric mission. Um, there, there, there were problems, no doubt, but there was a ceasefire before October 7th. Um, there was not mass bombings uh, and, and, and conflict happening in, in Gaza. And Israel was living with and sustaining the, the, the daily rocket barrage um, that the Iron Dome was 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 uh, addressing. It was after October seventh that that you know that all hell broke loose, um, and it began with Hamas's attack on Israel civilians. Many many non-Jewish people stand firmly uh, with their loved um, practicing Jewish people, uh, as well as those who um, have um, perhaps not practiced as much as they may have in years past, but still very much feel the faith. If if I may, I have some friends who mm-hmm. speak about it, saying they feel ever more drawn t- to their faith now because of the rise in anti-Semitism and how much hate is being um, activated here. What can what can I do? What can we do? I'm not Jewish, but what can I do to best support the Jewish community worldwide, given the the tension and the, and the, the honestly the terror that we're seeing all over the world, not just uh, in one corner of it. Well, thank you for asking. You know, look, I think that we have to begin with um, to never allow ideology, religious beliefs, or political positions to be a cause for hatred of another human being. That whether that is the hatred of Jews or the hatred of of, of, of people that practice Islam or some other religion or come from some other 
know, cultural ethnic uh, identity, uh, their beliefs, their ideology can't be a reason for us to hate. Um, with regard to specifically to, to anti-Semitism, um, Jews won't end anti-Semitism. We've, we've been able to, sadly, that's been proven for, for thousands of years. It's only when non-Jews stand up and call it out uh, that we can begin to see the, the corrosive nature, the, 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 the danger the anti-Semitism causes. And so often what starts with Jews doesn't end with Jews. Um, you know, the, 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 the problems that, that, that we are experiencing in our community right now, the fear, the, 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 the violent rhetoric, and in some cases, the violence, it's not going to stop with us. It's, it's going to move on to the next group. Um, as that kind of hatred does, it, it, it is in, infectious, it's viral in that way. And so, you know, this is our opportunity to say, particularly in Vancouver, that this is no place for hate and that we can't allow that kind of thing to sow um, violence and hatred and discrimination in our own community. Because, Rabbi Dan, there is freedom of, of protest. Uh, you can have a voice. You can, you, can, you can feel how you feel. You can have an opinion. You can, have, you can pick a side. But there's a yeah. way to do so in a peaceful manner, if I'm reading between your lines here. And, and some of what we've seen, not all, but some of what we've seen has escalated to a point of feeling unsafe, even here in Vancouver, when, when some protests uh, activate. How do how do we stand up to that without um, creating more tension there? Is right. There so you don't want to be way? drawn. You don't. Yeah. You don't want to be yeah. drawn into exactly the kind of thing that you were trying to call out against. Right. So right. Uh, you know when, when when people are screaming and yelling and and, and you know they counter protest and, and I'm going to be very direct here. Um, the Jewish Please. community is not doing that. We 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 have our our assemblies at uh, you know our our demonstrations at two o'clock on Sunday at the art gallery. We are not going out to the pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas demonstrations and yelling at, at the corners of their rallies and you know shouting things that, that that you know create fear and 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 generate potential violence. We're not there. That's not true in terms of what's happening at our demonstrations and our gatherings, that the, the pro-Palestine, if you want, community is coming out with threatening language, is showing up on campus and calling out uh, people that are identifiably Jewish. And my university students are feeling very threatened and, and, and very much in danger. So one, we, I, I think we need to let people have their space, you know, and we've said at all of our rallies, don't engage with the, in, in, with the counter protesters. Um, so that's one. I think we have to recognize the difference between you know, words and actions and that some words will lead to actions. And so we can't ferment hate, ferment hate. We can't encourage people, even in our rhetoric, to, you know, to take it to the next step. L let people have their views. I, I, I respect the freedom of speech. Absolutely. I would defend your right, anyone's right to the freedom of speech, but I do not defend because nobody has a right uh, to, um, to terrorize, to, to threaten uh, to make feel unsafe another person. Truer words never spoken. Thank you. I know you you always take on the difficult uh, discussions with wisdom and facts and uh, and such clarity. I appreciate you very much, Rabbi Dan. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your trip, your solidarity trip to Israel to speak with us here back home. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Jody. We're going to have a Hanukkah party here for those that have been evacuated tomorrow night for a thousand people. And um, it's because of what we were able to do in Vancouver that we were able to come here and bring a little bit of light in this time of darkness. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you for all that you do. I appreciate you. Thank you. Okay.